In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, it is part two of a two-part interview that I had with Zaire Smith. I have labeled this episode the untold story of Zaire Smith. In part one, he shared his, I mean, crazy experience of when he had this infection to where he was in the hospital for a month and a half and lost 60 pounds. In part two, we're going to talk about his goals for the 2023 NBA season and just his overall faith and what kept him going throughout this difficult time. So stay tuned for part two of my interview with Zaire Smith. Big, big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And this episode, just like part one, is brought to you by Game Time. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the Locked On NBA code for $20 off your first purchase. I am a big believer in the Game Time app. Like I mentioned in the first episode, I was able to get tickets and I had a credit, $100 off, $100 off. So I was able to go to the Dallas Wings and Las Vegas Aces game in Dallas on Friday. And I was surprised to see I had this credit. So download the Game Time app and you can get $20 off. All right, here is part two of my interview with Zaire Smith. But before we get into the interview, I want to thank you, the listener, whether you're listening in the car, on your way to work, in the gym, whether you're listening at work while you should be working. I thank you for each and every listen. So please like, share, subscribe, leave a comment. Comments will help us grow the YouTube channel. And we are just days away from basketball season. Basketball season is starting this week. I can't wait. So I'm looking forward to it. But I wanted to get this story out about Zaire Smith and his crazy journey to, to get back into the NBA. So here it is, part two of my untold so here it is part two of the untold story of former first round pick zaire smith yep so you were known for your athleticism and yep. um you know you were i mean what was your vertical at, at the combine wasn't it one of the highest probably second i think 41 maybe for 42 and then teams were in love with your your defense and, and your wingspan. So I want to go back to that crazy year that you had between your last year of high school up until the draft. Like I said, mm-hmm. you weren't like super highly touted. And you know, like like I live in Dallas, and you know, the Dallas yeah. media has their favorites, has the guy that is supposed to be that dude and your name was never mentioned in that category and yeah. then out of nowhere you know you have a a good freshman year you shot the ball well uh, it was a low volume of attempts I believe but there was enough yeah. to where people saw the promise and then athleticism and the defense the the six nine wingspan athleticism so just tell me about that experience of you go on you enter campus as a three-star and then all of a sudden you see your name shooting up draft boards. Walk me through that whole year. So that whole year, I didn't expect to play my uh, freshman year. You know, like I said, you know, coming in as a four, and I'm thinking of Big 12, so these dudes, you know, yep. on a whole nother level. Coach did say I was going to play. But I'm like, you know, coaches always say that. 
And when I went, I studied. I said, okay, Texas Tech got five seniors. So if I redshirt my freshman year, sophomore year, you know, it's all me because they all going to be gone. So I went, you know, trained. I was training hard, too, because I didn't want to redshirt. And I impressed a lot of people. They were like, God, Lee, you, you, you making noise. So I was making noise. And then, boom, preseason games, I played a good amount of minutes and then played great minutes during the season. And then about, you know, January, people like, you know, your name on draft boards. I said, well, for next year, they said, now nah, this year, you're in the first round. I said, bet, don't tell me that no more because, you know, I want to stay focused and do what I do and not do nothing extra. So that just motivated me. So I'm like, man, I'm in the first round. I'm considering going if I'm top 20, but if not, you know, I'm going to stay because I want to improve on my uh, – three-point shooting, ball handling, and transition to the guard because I want to, you know, play guard. I was playing the four and five. and But that was just a great year. I love – we went to the Elite Eight. I love my teammates, and we just had fun that year. I just did me. And Coach put me – Coach Beard put me in the best situation to get drafted. Yeah, he did. I feel like – was, <clears throat> was it three straight years? Was it you, Jared, and then Jemias? Yep. Three straight years, and even like in 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 Jemias' situation, Jemias Ramsey, I'm talking about. Yeah, he wasn't considered a, a one and done, and then he ended up he ended up playing well. I have this joke, and some people don't like, but I feel like during that three year span, Texas Tech was taking guys that weren't considered shooters, and then somehow yep. guys were knocking them down uh, efficiently. So. I mean, did you guys work on a lot of shooting? And was that just like a high emphasis in, in their developmental program? I believe so. And uh, I can't speak for themselves, but I'm sure they was in the gym. But I know I was just in the gym extra as well. So we did that. We worked with the group, the staff. We had great GAs. And I was just putting time in the gym as well uh, in the mornings and late nights. So I grinded. I just wasn't comfortable shooting. Yeah, I know it was a low volume of attempts. Um, did you mm-hmm. play with Terrence Shannon? I didn't. Oh, he was right after. He seemed like he's been in school forever. <laughs> no, I think he was two years after. Two maybe years. a year. Because he, 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 he didn't shoot hardly at all his freshman year. Yeah. From, from three. And now he can knock that thing down. Now he can knock it down. So I want to talk about your your transition from a four to like a wing. Because mm-hmm. whenever I saw you play, I mean, of course, in the high school level, you were more athletic than everybody else. Yeah. And you your, your greatest advantage was at the four. How difficult was the transition? And are you still working on the transition from playing more so of a, of a wing spot? Mm-hmm. I feel like my rookie year, it was uh, difficult. Um, but then once I got the reps in, I, I got comfortable with it. And I liked it because I got tired of guarding on big, strong fours. So I feel like I'm comfortable with it, especially coming off pick and roll and making the right reads. So I'm most definitely comfortable with it. All right. Let's talk about this summer like what was your goals and what did you work on this summer to prepare you for this opportunity that you have with Cleveland so this summer I worked on everything I was in the gym from 5 a.m I was doing two days 5 a.m and then 8 p.m and I just worked on my all-around game especially shooting so my goal was to play summer league and after summer league uh, I wanted to at least sign to training camp training camp deal or two-way and I got the training camp I was just putting the grind working on Mid-range, ball handling, threes, and uh, what else? Mm-hmm. That's it. So you were working out with Tim Martin. Was mm-hmm. Tim your, your coach at RM5 that summer? Yes, he was. He was my coach for a little bit. Okay. 
And then uh, tell me about working with Tim. I've known Tim for a while, man. He has a great story. We actually started with the Texas Legends together. So that was like 10 years ago. And I mean, just to see where he's gone from, you know, like an intern to uh, I met him when he was working with Josh Howard and Devin Harris and actually like filmed one of his first videos on my iPad. And and then um, seeing how he's now working with 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 Victor Wimbayama. So I mean Tim is yeah. a great success story. So tell me about your relationship with Tim. Oh, uh, we're pretty cool. Like I said, um he coached me during R and five season. He do got one hell of a story and he's great. He's a great trainer. He always pushed me to the limits. And he always say last rep and it'd never be the last rep. He always had me on that court forever. Yeah. Have you <laughs> I mean he's he's like a I, I consider him like a thinking trainer. Like he's yeah put you in a bunch of different situations where you're you're, you're just thinking and, and thinking the game through. Yeah. You know, there's some trainers where you do a lot of ball handling. There's some trainers where you get up a lot of shots and a lot of reps. But with Tim, it's like a lot of game action and, and simulation. Yeah. Like he right. finds your niche and be like, this is what you're going to be great at. So work on this move. For me, it was the end of that pull up. And when yeah. I was doing that, we was hooping like, there you go. Like they can't do nothing with that. So he put that in me. But I want to go back to just your your journey. If you had to give advice to a, a young player or someone that is dealing with injuries and setbacks after setbacks, mm-hmm. what would your advice be to to keep them going? My advice will be uh, get close to God. God got to be the centerpiece and everything. Uh, during my time, I was close to God, but I wasn't. I ain't, I, I ain't understand. So I was reading my Bible, but I ain't understand my Bible. And, you know, really, you know, stop having sex if you're not married. Sexual sin was against your body. And I just felt like that came to me while doing that. So God, God is the centerpiece. So you feel like just the, the setbacks brought you closer or strengthened your relationship? Because, you know, for some people, I feel like if you have a situation like yours or a major setback, you can go either way. You can either bring you closer or you can yeah. like doubt and, and get further away. And so, you know, yours obviously brought you closer. Yeah, it, it brought me close. And I feel like that is a centerpiece because, you know, you're down for a reason. So I was like, why, guy? And it just came to me. Get close to him, stop sinning. You know, we all sin every day, but the sin, I, you know better, you do better. So once I knew better, I stopped. <clears throat> All right, I have more with Zaire in a minute, but I want to talk to you about game time because you should not have to worry about buying tickets to your next event. Game time is fast and easy. It is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater theater events near you. They have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and they have a best price guarantee in game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I've used Game Time a few times. Once I was in New York for a Yankees game. I used Game Time to go to the Errol Spence Bud Crawford fight. What I like about Game Time is when they have the all-in prices, you can like flip the little the bar and you're not surprised because there are plenty of times where I use other apps for tickets and the tickets are one cost and then by the time you go to checkout, you find out that the fees are like an extra 50 to 75 to 100 dollars well game time gives you the all-in prices so you know exactly how much you're going to spend but they have the last minute tickets flash deals zone deals it's easy to find and buy tickets from every type of event in your area and they actually show you views of the seats 
from the venue and their low price guarantee event cancellation protection. They even have job loss protection. So you can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. There are times where I've bought seats to a game and my view is absolutely terrible, especially when you go to some venues in like different countries. But with game time, you can actually see the view of the seat and the all in prices show your total upfront. So you know what you're getting a real deal and you don't have the hidden fees. You can buy the tickets in seconds in just a couple of taps. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it is the last place where you can find last minute seats and you can find their exclusive deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, theater, and more. So go to game time, download the game time app. I should say, create an account, use the code locked on NBA and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Now terms apply. Again, you have to create an account and use the redeem code locked on NBA L O C K E D O N N B A for $20 off your first, your first purchase. Download the game time app, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And when I say lowest price guaranteed, they have a game time guarantee, which you'll get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So again, download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA, and $20 off your first purchase. And then, how often did you have the the Why Me? Because it was almost like you come out of nowhere, and then yeah. boom, you're like NBA, you get drafted, and then it just comes crashing down so was there a lot of why me questions or concerns yeah oh uh, yeah my rookie year you know because ever since my rookie year it's just always been something so i'm like why and i never just got it until you know probably about a year or a year and a half ago it just hit me and so your advice other than god what about like as far as just um staying strong mentally i know obviously god mm -hmm. plays a role in that but how did you make sure that you stayed out of like depressions because i i work with a lot of guys that it may not necessarily be injuries but it may be setback whether they're they're, yeah. they're getting released from teams or they're you know right now it's it's october in a sense and yeah. that phone call hasn't came for the guys that are looking to go overseas mm -hmm. and so like what would your advice be to just stay strong yeah so other than god you know right show goes down and grind so be uh stay ready so you don't have to be ready so you've you've played for Philly, the Blue Coats, and then this opportunity with with the Cavs is so so really like this is just your second your second team. Yeah. So how's uh well I guess training camp hasn't officially started yet, but how's everything been for you with the, you know just like being around the Cavs organization? It's been great. Uh, we've been getting in every day, getting good reps and getting good pickup runs. So it's been great for me. So I'm enjoying it, team look good, feel good, and we all gelling together. So who's all there right now? Is, is the whole team there? Just kind yep, of the whole team. So that's good. I mean, camp hasn't officially started yet, but it's always good to have the, the whole team around. Um, and this is a, a NBA draft-based podcast, and so a lot of people are going to wonder, how's Imani Bates? Uh, he, he's the truth. I like his game. He, okay. He, he got next for sure. Okay, so you think he's someone that can can provide NBA minutes this year? 
Most definitely. If we continue to grind, putting the work, listen to the coach, for sure. All right. And I, I've had Craig Porter on the podcast. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Craig Porter. All right. I wanted to um, hear about your pre-draft process. I haven't had a player mm-hmm. talk about the pre-draft process. I mean, I've, I've, I've had players talk about it, but they were like in the middle of the process. I haven't had anyone mm-hmm. talk about it in like a past tense. So, so tell me, like, how was that experience? Did you work out for a bunch of teams? And how, how was that for you? Was it like, were teams putting you through workouts to see, can you play the guard spot? Mm-hmm. Just tell me about your experience there. Uh, the pre-draft workout was great. I loved every single one. I think I probably did about eight to 10, maybe. And I did Philly twice. And really, you know, not uh, it was three on three. So, you know, just a lot of guys in my position so the guard slash forward position and usually you know we do some shooting then we do one-on-one out of closeouts and then three on three straight like that just hoop and how just, do you how do you think you were able to win philly over to the point where they brought you back twice and then traded for you probably my shooting i shot the ball well uh first time i, I feel like i didn't shot, shoot the ball well but Probably just my athleticism, and the second time I came in, I shot the ball much better. Who are some of the players that you went up against? It's hard to remember. I think um, Josh Okoge, Troy Brown. Who else? It was a lot of good people. It was a lot. It was a le- it was a lot of talent. Because you had like a wide projected range. So I imagine that mm-hmm. you probably worked out with some guys that were lottery. And then you probably worked out with some guys that were yeah. drafted free agents to second round picks. And I, I mm-hmm. always ask, like, who did you work out against? Because I had a friend, he told me that he was more so of a scorer. And he had a workout with a guy that's like yourself that was like a freak athlete. Yeah. And he said that one team, the workout, benefited the athlete because they're like you know touch the square or you know show off your athleticism it wasn't a lot of one-on-one and so he had told his agent like look man i don't you can't have me in a workout (laughs) with a guy with a 40 inch vert and he's touching the square and windmilling and i'm just you know doing basic dunks because it doesn't make me look good and then i've heard guys saying same thing for shooters like all right i'm a scorer but you got me in a workout with a sniper that's going to just stand in a corner he's going to look better in those drills i was just kind of figure out like because your position was so unique yeah like who did you match up against was it fours was it wings and so on all uh, guards wings and fours so really i can't remember the names but it was some was undrafted who's doing their thing overseas right now and some in nba but i really can't think of the names i got, I can see the face but i can't think of the names but it, it was some great runs and great workouts for sure you say you had eight to ten eight to ten yeah. workouts Remember, yeah. Was the travel difficult? Not at all. It was like if I was on the East Coast, uh, like Philly, and then I went to New York. So, you know, just catch the train there. So it wasn't bad at all. Phoenix, Nuggets, maybe six to eight because I didn't have much. So you were one of the first players, if I'm not mistaken, to sign with Rock Nation. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah, as far as on the basketball side. Mm-hmm. And then now you're with, with a good friend of mine, Pete Michael. How did yep. you connect with Pete? Uh, through uh, a future friend. Um, he uh, mentioned Pete 
And Pete just hit me up, you know, it was like, if you, you know, pick my brain, and I was picking his brain. And I just seemed like he was a real down-to-earth person with a bunch of connections, know what he talked about, and great communicator. And we were just talking, and boom, I just decided to go with him. Yeah, Pete has a wealth of knowledge. I mean, he has, I mean, just a, I mean, his experience. I mean, he was drafted by by the Mavericks, and then he played on some veteran NBA teams and didn't really get the, the opportunity to play. And then he went overseas and just had a, a great career overseas and won different cups and Euroleague championships, played a long time. So he knows yeah. how to, you know, tell guys to take care of their body. I think, I think he played like yeah. 18 years or, or something yeah. like that. He can relate. Yep. And then he, so he, he's seen it from, from different angles. And then he worked in the front office for a couple of teams. So that is a very, it's a very unique experience for an agent to be able to relate to players from the, the front office side to the player side and as an agent side. And so Pete is, Pete is definitely doing his thing and he's growing his agency. So big shout out to Pete. All right. Yes, um, as far as like your, your health this year, you say you're hundred percent. When did mm-hmm. you realize that? Okay. I'm back. I'm feeling like myself again. Probably at the summer league. I didn't really kind of feel myself during summer league. So probably at the summer league, I feel like, you know, at the summer league, my body was like, okay, now we're getting back to that motion. Because, you know, it takes a while because I only had my surgery last year. So I probably feel like at the summer league, some spurs in summer league, but at the summer league, I feel like I would see myself start moving good, you know, taking off from certain places that I wasn't taking off from. So at the summer league. Was it hard to get your your confidence back after the the allergic reaction? Like just – you know, playing and then the struggle, was it hard to, to get your, not only get back physically, but then get your confidence and, and like your athleticism to, to move the way you were moving before? Think about that. Uh, during that allergic reaction, no, because uh, I put in the work. Uh, I just kept grinding. I put in the work. So, no, and I felt myself improving. So, not necessarily. I probably felt that way probably by my look because I was so skinny. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't want to be seen, so I had to cover up. I wanted to cover up. So where are you at now compared to, as far as weight-wise, compared to where you were at when you were drafted? So when I was drafted, I think I was probably 185. Now I'm about 200, 205, so playing with that. And what's the highest you've been up to? Uh, the highest I've been was 212. I was playing my second year summer league by 212, and I didn't like that way. I was athletic, but I just felt heavy. So I'm, like, I'm probably going to get back to 200. All right, so this is a a a big year for you. Is there is there like a like a drive for you to like reestablish Zaire Smith? Mm-hmm. Because do you feel like people have forgotten about you in a sense? Uh, probably, but you know, I try not to worry about that. You know, I just play for God, myself, and my family. So really, it just big us for me, and just whatever God promised me, you know. He said he's going to give me back, so I'm just playing the glory of him. How can Zaire Smith help the Cleveland Cavaliers or any NBA team that mm-hmm. is listening? Just being playing my role. So, of course, defense, guarding the best players, uh, being able to knock down open shots and being coachable and listening and doing and just my athleticism, being everywhere and being a steward of the game. Actually, you know, I have another question. All right, one, when you talk about your character – the one consistent thing you always hear about, maybe two consistent things you always hear about Zaire Smith, the athleticism, but the character. You've always been known mm-hmm. as like a really, really high character guy. And I mean, I think that's 
huge because if there were a guy that had different character issues that went through what you went through, it would be easy for the the league to just forget, forget about them. But the, the last question I wanted to ask you is what do you have in your game that you feel like you have not been able to, to show? Because I know like in the NBA, everybody kind of has a role, right? Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned that your role would probably be as a three and D guy. Yep. But do you feel like there's something in your game that you have more to offer that you haven't been able to show that you will probably only be able to show once you start in your role as a three and D wing? Mm-hmm. And then once you get established in that role, then it will allow other things to open up. Yeah, probably that, you know, the shooting, like I probably the shooting because Basically, I've been injured the whole time I was in lead, so people just remember me from my Texas Tech. So probably a shooter. And then the form is you feel totally comfortable with the form that has been reworked? Most definitely, yeah. I keep saying last question. How long did that take? This is the last question. How long did that take? I feel like uh it probably took uh a year. I think I got it back uh during my second uh summer league. And even then, that seems like a somewhat of a long time just to get your form back and then get comfortable shooting. And then I imagine there was probably times where you, where your form was inconsistent, you would shoot it yep. the new way and then go back the old way. Then the muscle yeah. memory could could be an issue. So you know, um, that's how I feel. You know, I missed one shot. I'm like, man, I'm about to uh, change back to the other one. Then you make one. Then you keep missing. You're just not consistent. So you're like, hey, you got to go whatever feels comfortable and natural. So I just went with that, and I just put in the work with that. Yep, and I like I said, I've seen you shoot this summer. The shot looks good. I'm definitely rooting for you. I think you have a a story that can help anybody because everybody mm-hmm. has something in life that they may be going through, and yours is is unique in a sense because you reached your dream, and then it was like it was snatched away from you at yep. such a young age. And you have to be like extremely mature to handle it at any age, but no. you had it happen at a, at a very young age and um, you're, you're still here. And so you have a, a story to tell. And, you know, my, my wish for you is that you, you get back on the court and you are able to show why you were selected so high. Mm-hmm. And then that would give your story a, a bigger platform that could help other people because I, I definitely think that there's a reason you went through what you went through. And my Definitely. dad has a, a saying, and he's saying that you can go through something for 15 years and you can tell your story and help somebody out in 15 minutes. And yeah. so your story wasn't necessarily 15 years, but it was, what is it, like almost five years, six years. Yeah. And you know, in five minutes or even on this podcast, you can help someone to, you know, just fight through and, and, and you know, just trust that everything is going to come out on, on the other end. And so um, I'm a fan just because, like I said, I've, I've known what you your story mm-hmm. from afar. I didn't know you were in a hospital for a month and a half. I, I yeah, knew it was people don't. <laughs> I knew it was bad. And I remember reading about it. And of course, you know, you hear like peanut allergy, you know, but yeah. I didn't know like you lost that much weight. And then the fact that you were trying to get back out on the court and and play. And so here's, here's the thing about that. You know, there's so many people that knock NBA players for load management. I always say load management is a front office thing. It's not necessarily players saying, I don't want to play today. Mm -hmm. So you have 
your story that doesn't get told where you, you lose 60 pounds, your skin and bones, you're in the hospital for a month and a half, and you were trying to play in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but those are the stories that, that, that don't get told. So I'm glad yeah. I was able to give you a platform to, to share your story. So thank you so much. Once again, it's Raphael Barlow with Zaire Smith, and we are... <laughs>